Hello, my name is Chris and I will be your host for today's podcast. And as you probably know, for many years Estonia has quietly but very steadily been building a name for itself in the startup world. So far it's managed to produce 10 unicorns and that's particularly astounding considering that it has uh, 1.3 million inhabitants. So that's essentially one unicorn for every 130,000 people. We recently traveled to Estonia to try to uncover and puzzle together what is it that makes Estonian innovation so prolific and so successful. And who better to start with in our quest to uncover these uh, secret ingredients of Estonian entrepreneurial concoction than Kaidi Rusalip. Kaidi is not only the CEO and founder of the global equity and trading platform Funderbeam, but she is also the president of the Estonian Founder Association and, if that wasn't enough, she is also an advisor to the president of Estonia, Mr. Alar Karis. So, in this conversation, we'll hear about the unique value proposition of Funderbeam, as well as some of the very unique traits that Estonia's ecosystem brings into the market. And very interestingly, we also hear about how some of the first founders and the first unicorns that Estonia produced continued investing in the country, bringing up, of course, a sense of duty to develop their own ecosystem and an amazing amount of know-how. If Estonia has not been in your radar, I'm sure that's about to change. Kaidi, thank, thank you so much for, for taking time to speak to us today. Um, please, before we start, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Um, pleasure to be here and, and pleasure to talk to you. Uh, my name is uh, Kaidi Rusalep, as, as you introduced, and I'm Estonian. So I'm uh, one of those uh, uh, founders from, as we call it, the startup nation, uh, Estonia. I'm the founder and CEO of Funderbeam. Uh, Funderbeam is the marketplace for private companies to raise the funds and investors to invest with the liquidity or with the secondaries. And besides that, I also uh, this year hold a position which is uh, pretty significant um, in Estonian uh, startup sector. I'm the president of Estonian Startup Founders Society. It's this um, uh, voluntary uh, position one of the founder uh, takes um, for a year to represent the Estonian uh, startups. Um, in, in the Estonian startup uh, ecosystem. And I also advise the president of Estonia, Mr. Alal Karis, on the digital and, and tech uh, matters together with two other um, digital experts here in Estonia. Wow, congratulations. That sounds like a really influential role. Uh, yes, um, uh, I, uh, yes, I wouldn't underestimate it, but uh, that's something uh, that is beautiful here in Estonia. Uh, we have 1.3 million people, is that we all have to somehow step up and contribute to the country, contribute to develop uh, the country, uh, to make the country the best place as, as here in the startup sector, we would like to be the best startup ecosystem in the world to found companies, fund companies and, and scale uh, companies. So besides an owner, it's, uh, it's also uh, everything what, what we as st startup founders can do and want to do for the country. Oh, that's wonderful. So I guess that sense of ownership can, can already start telling us a little bit about 
what is it that makes Estonia such a powerhouse for, for startups, which we'll be talking about later on. Uh, but but let's before we get to that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey? What, what was it that led you to start Thunderbeam? My entrepreneurship uh, story is pretty interesting because um, uh, I, I didn't study economy at all and I didn't work in, in this field in my previous life. In fact, I studied law. I was the first IT lawyer in Estonia working for the government back in late 1990s. Um, and then I joined the uh, stock exchange uh, group, Estonian stock exchange uh, group. Uh, first, I took care of all the um, uh, post-trade transactions. We call it the Estonian Central Securities Depository. And um, I was the CEO of it. And later I became the CEO of uh, Italian stock exchange. So we were part of uh, uh, first Helsinki Stock Exchange and then OM uh, X Group and, and later uh, the NASDAQ. So in a way, I'm like, like the second generation of, of entrepreneur, first having my uh, corporate and uh, public service career and uh, then became an entrepreneur. But the Thunderbeam, the marketplace and, and um, uh, the, the idea of it, it uh, started actually from uh, uh, NASDAQ uh, years because I saw the power of tech, the technology being global, the technology being able to eliminate some of the uh, intermediaries in this business. I saw a lot of capital going straight into private companies and into tech companies, uh, including uh, 100 million plus mega rounds without stock exchange being there. And also stock exchanges transforming into the exit engine instead of also access to, to capital. So that's made, uh, made the beginning of the company called Thunderbeam. Okay, and Kairi, just for those who may not know much about funding models, can you explain to us what is equity funding and how is that different from debt funding or crowdfunding or angel funding, all the different funding models that we hear about? Uh, right. Um, there's several layers in the equity uh, funding. First of all, um, investors who invest in um, equity funding grounds. So in return for the investment, they get the shares of the company. Uh, that's different from some of the crowdfunding uh, models where uh, crowdfunders or backers are just the donators. So in return of uh, investing or not investing, but uh, donating the funds to the company, they get either the first prototype of the product, or sometimes it's, it's even um, uh, releasing a uh, LP if, if we talk about the music. Uh, so equity in return, you, you get uh, shares. When we talk about the debt and debt financing, then investors are creditors of the company. There's an, um, normally yearly interest and uh, in return you get the um, uh, the payment back or investment back plus on top of it uh, uh, 
um, the um, interest uh, paid out. So that's that's the main difference. But when we talk about the broader sense, like um, equity investing versus the angel investing, then um, uh, in our case, the uh, equity fundraise is from the broader investor group than just the angel investors, including retail investors, including uh, sophisticated um, uh, stock market investors, those who would like to invest in startup and tech companies and and help them with their experience from from the uh, investment side. Right. And what would you would you say are the main challenges that companies face today in raising capital or that potential investors face today in, in, in knowing where to put their money? Uh, right now, uh, we are talking in a May already in May 2022, it's uh, the first obstacle, uh, obviously, is the overall volatility in, in all the um, in all the investments, starting from the main uh, capital markets and public markets and and going uh, going down to the uh, startup investments as well. So there's certain um, nervousness maybe in in the um, in the investment side and and that's uh, that's the global uh, it's about the um, valuations of the company it's about the um, uh, sizes of the rounds companies uh, now raise so both the companies and investors uh, take this year a bit more cautiously and and look what the global economy is, is going to do that's that's maybe the first thing and and the second I don't think anything uh, much has uh, changed in, in early stage investment. It's the it's the business model, it's the problem, it's the team, it's it's the uh, previous traction. Maybe the only only addition um, uh, to what's changed is what industries are going to be the growing uh, industries. Right. Okay, and I would like to know a little bit more about Thunderbeam. Uh, please tell us uh, what does it do, what's its key value proposition, and, and specifically, how is it disrupting equity funding? Uh -huh. Okay, um, yeah, Thunderbeam is the uh, global uh, funding and, and trading uh, marketplace for, for private companies. So what we do, we enable investors from several parts of the world to invest in uh, tech companies again across the world and when investors invest in return they get the equity uh, or the shares uh, of the company what we do we pull the funds um, behind the uh, syndicate uh, so that uh, startup doesn't have all those hundreds of investors in the cap table but they are behind the funder beam um, we call it the custody or uh, nominee and um, that enables um, a company to raise funds from their clients, partners, network, community, uh, from the broader investor base, keep the cap table uh, clean, but uh, use this type of fundraising also as, as um, the marketing and, and spreading the word and, and engaging. Later, we can uh, talk a bit uh, more about this 
network engaging and uh, community engaging because this wider equity funding, some even call it a crowdfunding, is a powerful tool to incentivize uh, companies, uh, customers and, and network around them. But what makes Thunderbeam different is our secondary market. So uh, these investments, um, which are invested through Thunderbeam Marketplace, at one point become uh, tradable. So when investors invest, they, um, they can sell their investments or they can exit their investments. But we also um, help companies to do only the secondary, so now a marketplace. So let's imagine there's the company which is six plus uh, years old. They have uh, employees who have uh, shares, the founders, early investors, there are a couple of hundreds people who might uh, get um, the use of, of the liquidity so we can help them with the secondaries. They can even create their own private trading pool in Thunderbeam only for the company shareholders but that helps CFOs and CEOs to show um, uh, not only to the shareholders but most importantly to the employees that actually uh, they can uh, sell the shares when they need it in, in the company controlled uh, uh, environment. And maybe one thing um, in, in Thunderbeam case, which is now uh, scaling and very interesting product, and, and we just uh, signed a partnership with uh, Danish Business Angels uh, Network and Estonian Business Angels Network, is this private fundraising. And private fundraising means that this is a uh, automated uh, flow uh, of uh, syndication on our on our marketplace on our um, technology. Uh, so in uh, Danban case, they have members. The members sign up for Thunderbeam. The deal flow is visible only for the members. They can indicate their investment in the Danban curated deals. And, and uh, we help to close it. These are the private um, angel network deals. And, and that's quite interesting because we don't see uh, much of competition uh, uh, in, in this field. Well, okay, so, so if I understand this correctly, then Thunderbeam not only creates the, 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 the pooling of, of, of resources, but you've also created a secondary market yes. that enables people yes. to transact there. Yes. Wow. yes. Yes, we do. And, and that's something what makes us different from any funding uh, platforms, any other crowdfunding platforms, and even from the uh, angel uh, networks and, and VCs. Indeed. Okay, and I think we, we, we lately hear, hear a lot about the democratization of wealth management services. In your view, what is driving this trend? <sighs> First, uh, private investors, uh, when you aggregate the private investors and the wealth that uh, private investors hold, then it's, um, it, it forms into quite substantial number. Uh, so people like, you also ask, or you mentioned the power of crowds or, or, or the, the power of, of many, right? So that's, that's one thing. Uh, the second is that uh, 
investors maybe are becoming uh, more educated because they have access to online investment uh, tools like uh, Robinhood and eTor and many others. So they get familiar with the online investments and also investing in, in tech and, and private uh, companies. Secondly, for in case um, or the thirdly, in case there's the marketplaces like Thunderbeam, which ena- enables these private investors to easily pick the companies and also the companies to pick the private investors, then it's also the facilitator. But the main uh, main aspect is is the interest, is connected world, and is the tech and solutions between the company and and the uh, investors. Okay, and I think there's there's perhaps a large majority of people that, you know, they have some savings, but they've never really invested before, perhaps because it's been always perhaps a bit prohibitive to, to enter the investment market or because it's just too complex for them. So how can, how can this group of people benefit from this new trend and from, from tools and platforms like, like Thunderbeam? Uh, first, uh, people have to ask uh, from their own investor that lives inside them. Mm-hmm. How, uh, what, what type of risk am I able to carry? Because when we talk about the startup companies, then there's this kind of a rule that nine companies out of ten, ten cease to exist in a couple of years' time. Mm-hmm. So can I handle it? And can my risk appetite handle it? The second is the question, do I understand those early stage investments and early stage companies? Because there might be uh, no substantial revenue. The, um, the founders are the first time entrepreneurs. And there may also be pivots uh, during the uh, years of existence because the first and initial model didn't work. So the company needs to change it. So these questions first investor has to ask himself or, or herself. And if it's the first couple of investments are just, I want to learn, then it's okay to start. But when the investor does not want to invest those first tickets just to learn and understand the startup investments, then maybe to invest into the later stage companies or, or already in, in the uh, public uh, companies. But definitely this is an enabler and enabler to those investors who are willing to take risk, who, uh, who understand the risk and who also understands the consequences of of investing in in startup companies. Right, right, I see. Now, I guess operating a company like Thunderbeam gives you access to a lot of the innovation that's happening in the the marketplace Mm -hmm. and you must have a really good grasp on on the types of innovation. Um, And my question therefore is, is there anything exciting that you see that's popping up in fintech that we might perhaps uh, see becoming more mainstream in the next few years? Uh, <laughs> yes, in, in fintech uh, obviously there's many solutions uh, 
for uh, retail investors. That's something that is visible and, and that is visible to, uh, to people. In Estonia, there's, uh, for example, uh, two super cool uh, fintech companies, uh, Grünfin and Lightyear. Uh, one is, uh, Lightyear is, is um, if I compare the European uh, competitor to Robinhood, and Grünfin enables investors to invest in uh, sustainable uh, companies first through the uh, index and the index funds, but then expanding it into to other asset classes as well. But um, uh, two things I would keep an eye on um, in, in the fintech uh, space. If I were an investor, then the first is all kind of decentralized finance solutions. It's very early years, very, very early years. Everything that is built on the blockchain. And I don't mean crypto and crypto only because the decentralized and Web3 is is now facing the second coming. The ICOs and tokens, what we've seen uh, massively scaling in 2017, that was like the first coming. So uh, keep an eye on, on Web3 and, and also keep an eye on, on this um, new public blockchain called Algorand because they, they have the applications, a lot of applications built on it. So it's, it's like a community or, or the network. Um, and, and the second, which is not very visible, but which is also the scaling, is all the uh, uh, software as a service solutions or the back office solutions to uh, financial uh, sector. And it's again, uh, good margin, uh, very good profit business, but who of investors, if you think about the private or, private or the retail investors, would like to invest in some kind of uh, uh, banking back office system. It's not that sexy, right? <laughs> but it's scaling and, and it's it's interesting uh, area. I guess, again, uh, when when you think about the banking and the banking industry, their tech is, is uh, 30 plus, in some cases, 40 plus years old mm-hmm. with massive legacy. And if your startup can disrupt it or any startup can in a way disrupt it and help the banks um, that's the customer base wow really fascinating stuff um, okay uh, I would like us to switch gears a little bit now and talk about Estonia because we've been surprised by the amount of unicorns that are being produ- produced by, by this small uh, Baltic country I was, I was reading a report by Unicorn 59 that says that Estonia has the, has the largest uh, unicorns per capita in the world. It's something like one per 130,000 people, which is, is amazing. So, so my question to you is, uh, what's in the water? Um, uh, yeah, there's this special, uh, you know, this chemical element in the Estonian water that makes people to uh, found uh, startup companies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, leaving the leaving the joke um, aside, uh, first of all, Estonian. Uh, if if you go uh, back um, uh, years and and go back in in the entrepreneurship years, then Estonian school system is is built up strongly on STEM, and STEM is not just about the uh, tech and and math and science, but it's about thinking, logical thinking. It's about solving problems. 
and our um, all the math, technology, physics, chemistry um, is um, is always subscribed subjects in in all of Estonian uh, universities. Uh, secondly, we also have the uh, we had uh, two first unicorns in Estonia, Skype and uh, Playtech. And those uh, two companies that employed Estonian tech people and Estonian people, they introduced uh, the next generation of the entrepreneurs how to build and run a global tech uh, company. So we even have a map which is called Skype Mafia, how Skype employees founded another uh, set of companies. And for example, one of the most famous one is, is Wise or TransferWise because the founder of uh, WISE was the first employee of, of Skype uh, in Estonia. So this, mafia. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and that's, that's how it goes. And now we already have uh, uh, the uh, employees of WISE uh, setting up their own uh, companies. Those two, two um, uh, I mentioned previously, Grunfin and uh, uh, Lightyear, both of the, uh, the founder, uh, founding teams of, of the companies, are from uh, WISE uh, and, uh, and obviously the um, very strong support uh, from the government. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's, it's, it's really remarkable uh, and, and, and also really quite interesting to see how these networks have been just continue to, to, to yeah. produce cells of, of innovation and new companies. Um, Ex exactly, this is the typical network uh, effects is that it starts to contribute and contribute and contribute so it's it's like a snowball um, yeah. and and now that we have 10 unicorns in estonia um, you can imagine how many new founders those global tech unicorns born out of estonia can introduce yeah. in uh, three years time so uh, not only the estonian startup companies um, a scale exponentially, but also the um, uh, tech ecosystem scales exponentially. That's remarkable. And, and I guess this also goes back to what you were mentioning at the beginning, that because you're a small nation, everyone feels that yeah. they, they have to st yeah. step up and own, own their own, the development of their own country, right? Yeah, that's, that's uh, absolutely sure. And um, I don't know any other countries uh, which uh, holds um, founders uh, society but Estonia does so all the um, uh, top tech founders we have close to 200 people belonging to the founder society it's it's again uh, the um, uh, voluntary associ association where we help each other where we help the fellow founders we share um, experiences uh, we um, we invite uh, the other tech founders over uh, to introduce not only our company, but when um, Estonia introduces a new unicorn, then the other uh, founders can go and visit and hear the story and really from from the the main source from the founder uh, and and also uh, working with with the government. So any um, uh, any other countries uh, founders who who listen. Uh, to it, Estonia has benefited a lot uh, from establishing a uh, founder society. 
That's amazing. That's that's really something to to um, to model for the rest copy. of the world. For, to yeah, copy. exactly. To copy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so then, let me ask you: uh, with the ease of access to funding capital provided by by innovation and democratization, and and with these network effects that we're seeing, do you expect to see more and more people going down the entrepreneurial route um, than perhaps there has been in the past? Y yes. Yes, I see. I don't even uh, need to predict the future if, if we look at the uh, number of uh, startups uh, founded and funded, that's a fact. So um, uh, two um, uh, reports that are available for free to everybody who are interested. Uh, the first is CB Insight uh, Q1 2022 report that goes back to the history. And also if, if you Google uh, Global Startup Funding and Crunchbase, so these indicate that uh, not only the funding that goes into the startup companies, but also the startups uh, founded is, is in, in the growth mode. It's, it's easy to, it's the price of, of setting up the company that's close to nothing nowadays, whereas it, it used to be uh, 50,000 plus dollars uh, close to 20 years ago. So you can guess and uh, plus, the services that are now easy to sell across the borders, uh, capital that is accessible. So it doesn't matter if I'm Estonian founder or founder from the Chile or, or uh, Japan, we have access uh, to capital due to grow our company. But maybe the third um, is has nothing to do with this kind of um, access to capital or or um, entrepreneurship uh, journey. It's actually about the willingness for the people to um, be in charge of their own employment life. So uh, very often the companies are not set to build a unicorn. You just do it because you want to be employed by yourself. But all of a sudden the business or the company starts to scale. I think it's just just to think about how different the world might look like in 20 years when when this this avalanche of innovation and an entrepreneurial spirit just completely starts taking over i mean i'm thinking not just not 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 just business but also education right that the, the, the education system at the moment is, is built on on creating workers for industry uh, if, yes. if we now start creating entrepreneurs for society i think we could see a, a massive transformation in the way that we run our our societies in free democratic countries, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. And and that's a very interesting uh, topic, actually, which uh, Web3 is uh, tackling, because all these uh, decentralized autonomous organizations, these are not only uh, one by one private entities, but also some of the communities or the um, even countries at one point may go through this uh, nuance and disruptive uh, models. I know very many people argue against it. If there's a state, there's states, there's the uh, there's the government and the parliament, right? But uh, who knows? When there's the tech and there's the will, there's the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kylie, I think that's a perfect place to end our conversation today. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We, you've, this is just really exciting listening to you and, and, and especially listening to, to, to what Estonia has to offer to, to the rest of, of Europe and the world. 
and we of course will be keeping a very very close eye on, on, on what Estonia does and what Thunderbeam does next and of course we we are excited and we're looking forward to having you at Nordic Fintech Week later in September this year. Couldn't wait. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much, Candy. Thanks.